tap into who your consumer is, like really know. And, and I don't mean like, you know, males 25 to 34 years old who live in yeah. cities. No, it's mm-hmm. like, what's important to this person? Where do they spend their time? Um, you know, those kinds of things. But really thinking about who that person is and then what your company's role, your brand's role plays in their lives. And then just naturally, you know, how could music kind of work in there? Mm-hmm. And I think from there, you'll start to see some natural um, potential opportunities. And if you brainstorm that internally with your colleagues, I think some things will, will just shake themselves out. Welcome to Audio Branding, the hidden gem of marketing. Sound plays a more important role in human behavior and our decision-making than you may realize. In this podcast, I'll help you understand the art and science of sound so you can better influence others in business and your life. I'm your host, Jody Krangle. Let's delve a little deeper. Here's the second part of my interview with Sam Parvin. Are there some quick things that brands can do like right now to help them use music more effectively? I'm assuming you've put that sort of thing in the PDF that you're talking about. So <laughs> yeah, yes. So the the PDF is going to help with um, one of these three things, which is the first thing. These are like, this is like, let's get started with, you know, using music intentionally. The first is defining your your brand's point of view on music. So that's just like how you know what's what's the purpose of your brand? How what's the value that they you know have to the consumer, which these are things that I'm sure you already know. And then just kind of thinking about what is the musical piece of that? How does music fit in the lives of consumers? What are the emotions that the music that you use um, transmits to people? Does it make sense for you to work with um, really famous, huge, you know, songs or compose original music or work with emerging indie talent or et cetera? What are your thoughts on that actually i'm curious because i've had this discussion with a lot of different people and everyone's opinions seem to be different so does it depend on the size of the company Mm. does it depend on your um, reason for doing it um do you want to get the cachet from the particular performer or you know how does that work for you i think it totally depends on who the brand is i have a good Mm -hmm. example for this that um there was this is years ago now but um pepsi had a campaign that was called like live in the now or something like that in the now. I can't remember what it was, something about now in the now. And they were working with Beyonce and Rihanna, you know, they were doing the giant Super Bowl halftime show, which of course they, they still do. Um, but their whole, every artist that they worked with was like the biggest star at that moment. Because it totally made sense because they're talking about living in the now being, you know, being a star now. And so it totally made sense. Like they're, you know, they're like, who's at the top of the charts? Okay. That's who we're working with, you know, or who's going to be at the top of the charts in a month. Mm -hmm. That's who we're working with. Right. And, you know, on the flip side, let's say, you know, you, you look at like um, a brand like Coca-Cola and they are um, much more about connection, happiness, fulfillment in life, family, um, inclusion, 
And so working with the biggest, hottest star of the moment just doesn't necessarily really make as much sense with their DNA. So we did a lot of different things. We worked with a lot of different emerging talent um, when I was there. We did work with, with famous talent, you know, sometimes if it made sense for the communication of the campaign. We did this song, Taste the Feeling, which was originally written by um, a few a, a few really amazing um, guys that called themselves Space Camp, oh, who okay. are producers. Oh, yeah, my but, um, but they did a version with Avicii, um, which made sense for it was coming out um, around the Olympics. And, and then we did a whole bunch of versions of the song as well okay. with art in, in French in Spanish, and we did a version in um, out of Singapore, like many different, you know, because wow. Coke okay, is so, like about well, world, global, yeah, yeah, worldly, yeah. and you know, sure. and so anyway, so those are just kind of like two examples, the Coke and Pepsi thing, like <laughs> yeah, where yeah, they they're using music in different ways because of what their, you know, their their brand you know, DNA is, and also the campaigns that they're working on at different times. What's, you know, what's the message that you're giving? So, um, I talk to my clients about that a lot. And like, especially when my, cause I'm like, just like a total value nerd. Like (laughs) I am, I'm like, my clients are like, we have $250,000. I'm like, I'll get it for you for 200. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, you know, when my clients come to me and they say, we want this really famous song, I, I just have to ask them why, you know, because I don't always see immediately why they need a song like that. And, you know, you can pay a million dollars, two million dollars. You know, I've licensed a, a, a famous song for two million dollars before. And that was a pro- the project that I licensed the song for two million dollars for was not worth it. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. it was, you know, okay. I asked my clients the questions and they just wanted that song and they were willing to pay for it, you know. But if you look at the creative and what they needed to say and what the brand was communicating, it was like not worth it to pay two million dollars for this piece of music. So, you know, I just I think, um, again, this 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 document, this this little worksheet, which is um, super simple, but it will just kind of, you know, start start the conversation for you will help you kind of just ask those questions about why and then connect the strategy through to execution. Sure. So that's my um, point number one about kind of best practices. The second one is put the word music on every brief that you send out. Like if you're briefing your agency, um, you know, or production company, just even if you don't know what you want music to be yet, just put like music question mark and like Bring it to the conversation um, mm-hmm. because you always want to be thinking about it sooner rather than later. Um, some of these things take time. If you want a, you know, Rihanna song, she has like nine writers, 12 writers on a few of her songs. Umbrella, I think, has 12 writers on it, something, which means that you have to get the permission um, and negotiate with 12 different writers. So sometimes, That's a lot. Yeah. yeah, and you, whatever your good idea is, you want to be able to execute on it, you know. Well, what if you had someone redo the song and so you're not paying at least part of the licensing, yeah. but yeah. 
We do that a lot with my clients. We we reimagine songs. Actually, I just did a really incredible campaign this year with Maker's Mark where we licensed the song Can I Kick It by A Tribe Called Quest. Mm-hmm. Um, the publishing rights are actually with Lou Reed from A Walk on the Wild Side. Um, and we made two new versions of the song to fit the brand better and also to fit the characters in the two TV commercials. So we licensed the composition of one song, Can I Kick It? And we created two new master recordings with independent talent um, in two different genres. Yeah. So you're licensing the publishing, but you're not actually licensing the performance. Right. So those are two separate things. Right. Yeah. Well, we license the performance from these two independent talents, not from a tribe But that's a lot cheaper. (laughs) Yes. And so, yeah, Yeah. we saved a lot of money and we were able to make two different versions Mm -hmm. um, that, you know, that creatively worked better um, and also created, you know, we, we had some kind of continuity across the two, the two, you know, TV commercials. Are you looking for ways to improve your company's or podcast's impact? You'd be surprised how powerful the use of an intentional audio branding strategy can be. Want to know more? I have a free downloadable PDF that gives you my five tips for implementing an intentional audio strategy at voiceoversandvocals.com slash audio branding strategy. That location does ask to put you on a mailing list just to send you updates on when the new podcasts come out. But if you really don't want to give your email out, I understand. Just contact me directly. My email is all over my website. And I'll make sure you get that PDF without needing to sign up anywhere. If you do sign up, though, you also get access to a resources section called The Studio, where I have videos, white papers and PDFs, discounts from my guests, and snippets of audio from my guests that no one else gets to hear. So maybe it's worth your while. Totally up to you. And of course, if you're looking for voiceovers, you can get in touch with me about that too. Now, back to the podcast. I love the dynamic aspect of all of this. Yeah. Like, I, I was following, um, I've interviewed the fellow who wrote the music for MasterCard. Oh, cool. And when they did their global rollout, mm-hmm. all, every different section of music that was being used in every different portion of the country or the globe was they had like different instruments or they had different beats or they had, really you know, cool. just fit the global location where they were. That's and really cool. Yeah. So it, it seems to me like that a lot of the future of this is being way more dynamic to more closely follow who the brand is and to also speak to the people where your brand is at. Yeah, totally. I think so. Um, you know, music is a really flexible it's a lot it's a lot more flexible than film for instance yeah. like if you go out and shoot I mean you have to have a whole camera crew and actors and location and and then if you need to go back and change something nah you're screwed like I mean you know like it, it, continuity is film, hard <laughs> yeah and film is really I mean you have to think about everything when you're on set you know and, and in pre-production in order to anticipate potential um, ways that you might need to react to your consumer's um, response, right? With music, we can make a lot of changes really quickly and easily from, you know, my composer's like basement studio. (laughs) And so, um, 
And that's, I mean, that's, that's exactly what, and, and, I mean, and that's just talking about like in response to, you know, if you need to make changes and things, but you can also do that on the front end, like you're talking about with having a little bit different sounds for different markets, for instance, um, or for different pieces of creative. So I'm doing that right now. I'm working on a, um, a project for a, um, beautiful whiskey brand and um we are going to have several different pieces of content and each piece of content we're going to do one main composition um but then we're going to we're going to adjust them you know doing a little bit different in- instrumentation or selecting and and editing in different you know editing the music in different ways and different parts for different um for the different pieces of creative so that it is all tied together, but it's not the exact same 15 seconds of a piece of music for every single spot, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It's more interesting that way. Yeah, I mean, you think about it, it's like a human, you know, because again, a brand is like, we, we I think we want people to be able to interact with a brand as if the brand is like, a character in your life, you know, a person in your life, part of your story. And, um, I might tell the same story many times, but I'm never going to tell it the exact same way twice. So can brands maybe even take that on to like tell a consistent story, but not exactly the same every time. So it seems human. Well, sure. And it depends on who you're talking to as well, yeah. right? Yeah. So course, if you're right. talking to your mom or a child or, mm-hmm. you know, your best friend or someone you barely know, I mean, you're going to talk to them differently. Yeah. I mean, I, I learned that in voiceover. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So tone of voice is very important and music can be a tone of voice. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, okay, so you asked me about best practices. We're taking a little while to answer this one. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. But, we'll get okay, there. <laughs> first one is remember define your brand's point of view on music. Mm-hmm. The second, and share it with everyone. I will add, you know, like make sure everyone who's working on it on the brand knows. Two is put the word music in every creative brief, and three is having somebody in charge of music from start to finish. Now this doesn't have to be, and by start, I mean like from the create, from the strategic brand development, like defining who your brand is in the marketplace and for your consumer, all the way through to getting it, you know, getting a piece of communications on air and through, you know, listening and data collection to see your effectiveness and, and, and the response from your consumers afterwards. implementation is just as important as everything else of course yeah (laughs) Yeah. of course and i mean we i see this all the time where i mean in music because it's so niche and we're talking about really specific um legal you know ways of handling things and there's just so many little details in there that um it's really easy to have a good idea and then what ends up on air is kind of a watered down version of that because all the details of like, where do I find music? How do I get the usage rights? Oh, I didn't know I was supposed to talk to this person. Well, I didn't realize that I could just, you know, license the composition and make two or three or four or five new interpretations of that song. You know, it's important to have someone who can at least oversee that the strategy and the cool idea that you have gets onto air 
Um, and you know, you're not going to have probably one person handling everything, 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 unless, well, I mean, like you handle, like, like that's, that's kind of what I do for my clients is I'm an extended team member. Mm -hmm. They bring me in to talk about strategy. I'm not the expert in their brand, but I'm the expert in music. So they tell me about who their brand is and I help them figure out music options. And then I make sure that that, you know, original idea and strategy that we have is what actually ends up on air. Yeah. But of course I work with many people along the way, right? I'm working with sure. creative directors and composers and record labels and et cetera. Are, are there any points or um, suggestions that you would make to people who um, don't have a large company, for instance, and are a smaller company and want to sort of have some kind of musical strategy? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I would say download the worksheet. <laughs> That's <laughs> I think, a good point. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm, there, there are music branding companies out there. I don't say that I am that. I really honestly think, I mean, you can spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on this giant, really in-depth, you know, music strategy. But I really think that it can be much more simple. I think it's just tap into who your consumer is, like really know. And I don't mean like, you know, males 25 to 34 years old who live in yeah. cities. No, it's mm -hmm. like, what's important to this person? Where do they spend their time? Um, you know, those kinds of things. But really thinking about who that person is and then what your company's role, your brand's role plays in their lives. And then just naturally, you know, how could music kind of work in there? And I think from there, you'll start to see some natural um, potential opportunities. And if you brainstorm that internally with your colleagues, I think some things will, will just shake themselves out. And then just put it down on paper and start sharing with people. And, this, and that's, a live, that's always a living and breathing thing, right? Like mm -hmm. your brand's relevancy to your consumer changes as culture changes and... Um, as people get older and as priorities change and as things in the world, you know, happen. And so your brand is kind of a living and breathing, changing, you know, vessel. And so too is your music strategy. Um, but yeah, I think just um, take the worksheet as a guide, start having some conversations internally, put some things down on paper that you think, you know, seem to be authentic to your consumer try it out for a little while, use, you know, measure it in some ways, you know, like looking at, are you, you know, are you doing focus groups? If you're doing focus groups, then ask them some questions about the music. You know, if you're looking at marketing ROI or effectiveness, like, is there a way to do A-B testing with music or something like that, you know? Um, but starting small and just bringing a little intentionality, I think, can go a really long way. Yeah, it's a good point. Mm -hmm. So where do you see all this going in the future? More dynamic stuff or uh, like what do you see happening? Well, hopefully more people paying attention to the fact that they should be paying attention to it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, from a from an from a like kind of business perspective, I see um I do see brands like Years ago, when I started in this space working with 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 big brands, you know, maybe 10 years ago or 12 years ago or something, 
we were saying music is important. Music is important. Like anytime I would go and speak at a conference or, you know, get the opportunity to, to be in front of brands, it was like I needed to let them know how important music was. But were they listening? <laughs> well, now I think everybody, everybody knows the importance of music. Mm hmm. It's just, it's more about the who and the how, like who can help me do something really interesting with music? Who are the, you know, because if you go to a lot of, you know, non-music experts, but like creative people, they're getting their music choices either from Spotify mm -hmm. or from production libraries. Yeah. Music licensing. There is an entire world of yeah. amazing music in between those two. They're like either, okay, either we need to spend half a million dollars and license a really famous song, or we're going to spend a hundred dollars and get a piece of production music that's like watered down and not really like saying anything. I know that we're all dealing with a lot of stuff these days, so I particularly wanted to acknowledge those that have taken the time to leave honest reviews of this podcast, like Pamela Muldoon, who says, audio as part of your marketing strategy. I could not agree more with Jody's assessment that audio branding is the hidden gem of marketing. Now more than ever, how your brand sounds is becoming just as important as it looks and feels. The short, succinct episodes of this podcast, and I think she's referring to my solo episodes, are filled with nuggets, easy to listen to, that voice, thank you very much, and are perfect for binging. Nice work, Jody. Well, thank you, Pamela. It means a lot to me that you're getting some good information here. Thanks again for the review. And now, back to the show. Well, you know? also that their competitors could be using or that someone oh, in yeah, a completely totally. different industry could be using totally. for a completely different reason. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I think you, did you have an episode? There was a video. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, um, Chez Mera um, yeah. is, is someone I interviewed. He's in an audio branding company here in Toronto. Yeah. And yeah, he put his, he and his people put together a uh, video that showed one piece of music being used by like five different, very large companies. Yeah. I mean. Completely different reasons, but all the same piece of music. <laughs> yeah, of course. So I think that that's, you know, we, we don't need to tell brands anymore that music is important. I think now they're just trying to figure out who can they call on to help them tap into this incredible musical talent that's out there. Um, who, who can help them navigate the world of like music uh, law you know, and knowing what they're allowed to do, what they're able mm -hmm. to do, what they're not able to do, and what's feasible for, for the budgets that they have and the timelines, et cetera. So that's where I think the future of music for brands is going, is really about people now getting into the details of how to make it happen and really taking advantage of the incredible musical talent that we have out there. From a consumer perspective and where I think music's going, I mean, I live in Mexico and um, I've been here for five years mm -hmm. from the U.S. And, um, I, and I'm seeing on the street and also in the data numbers that I you know, get from, from data partners, 
the extreme um, democratization of music. And I think, I mean, we can we can all say that, like we've seen that in the world over the last 10, 15, 20 years. Right? Well, that started with Napster. So. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> yeah. But now it's it's even getting to like anyone and everyone can have a Spotify account or any other streaming, you know, service that you want. Yeah. Um, here in Mexico, the penetration rate for number of people who have access to smartphones and data has grown 149% in four years. Wow. So people are getting smart because there's a lot of people in Mexico, you know, who don't have smartphones still. Sure. Or they don't have data. They don't, you know, pay for data to be able to stream and things like that. But we're seeing like massive um, adoption rates of, of people having access to portable devices that they can take their music with them. Um, and... I think that music is just going to become more and more, well, audio in general is just going to, you know, there's just going to be this fluidness of like audio coming from digital devices and service, you know, streaming to having a conversation with a person in real life to, you know, like it's just going to be this kind of um, much more fluid um mix between those and i think we could say the same about many different forms of technology right now right like we see a lot of the augmented reality stuff coming out or virtual reality stuff coming out where it's like you can have your glasses on and they're giving you data about the thing you're looking at you know um and i think audio and music's the same yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense it's it'll be really interesting to see what actually ends up happening over time and if people are paying attention, hopefully it'll work in their favor, especially the brands. But, yeah, you never know. Hopefully. Yeah, I think um, brands probably biggest challenge now is just being flexible and being and being able to move quickly, um, you know, because the world is just moving quickly. I mean, you know, these changes that we're talking about are already happening and will continue to evolve and be a different thing every day you know and so brands just uh, need to think more I, I not more but it's important that they're thinking on a human level you know as individuals versus this giant ship that is a huge brand and being able to respond and not even just respond but shape conversations and shape culture because that's exactly what brands do they they're the ones who are telling us what's okay in the world and what's acceptable in the world right it's a great responsibility that we have as, as marketers i think um and so for them for brands to be able to not just react quickly to changing times but um shape quickly based on what they see that the world could use and that could make the world a better place, honestly. That's a very good point. Yeah. Um, on that note, how can people find out more about you? Ah, great. <laughs> if they'd um, like to get in touch with you. Yeah. So um, you can sign up for my email list um, through my website. I send out maybe two emails a month maximum. And they're always with really good information about, um, you know, with with worksheets or questions that you can be asking internally or examples of either music that um, you have access to 
through us or um, something else. I don't know. Um, but never more than two emails a month, so don't feel like you'll get spammed. And then we can, you know, be uh, connected that way. Or, yeah, LinkedIn. I would say LinkedIn is good. You can just search for Samantha Parvin. Um, sure. And Or, you know, send me as an email. And your the URL for your... Yeah, your website is at... uh, It's parvin-music.com. Parvin-music.com. Perfect. Um, I think probably if you just Google me, you'll find it as well. And, um, <laughs> you know, I, I would love to, you know, even if you just want to reach out and, um, you know, have a have a quick conversation about what you, you know, what I see as opportunities for your brand or something that's always, you know, I never charge to have a conversation I'm, I'm a total nerd about this i like to hear what you're working on so <laughs> sure i'd love to hear from you okay well wonderful thank you so much for talking with me about this today it's been really enlightening <laughs> jody this is such an interesting i mean uh, every episode that i've listened to i'm shocked that you come up with so many amazing people working in the audio world and i'm like how do you make an entire podcast out of just audio branding but there are a lot you, of people doing this yeah <laughs> and 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 really you know really interesting points of view and um you know lots of really really you know good things to take back into people's businesses so i really appreciate it thanks for having me yeah thank you Well, that's the end of this episode. Thanks for listening. And if you like what you heard, why not tell a friend about this podcast? It's available in all the usual locations. Until next time.